Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. I'm your host. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm happy to be here tonight. Thank you for joining us. I have a great guest. Um, my guest comes by way of me of a mutual friend, a comedian by the name of uh, Mary Capone. And I've done a ton of shows with her. Uh, she's a great comedian. And um, she said that my, uh, my next guest is a big fan of the show and he was a, a great cop. So without further ado, let's welcome uh, retired NYPD detective uh, George Jimenez, Lieutenant, Lieutenant, I don't even know why I messed that up, Lieutenant George Jimenez. And I, I asked you earlier before we started, do you want Jorge or do you want George? <laughs> yeah, because too many people said Jorge, so George is best. <laughs> All right, Jorge. Uh, so, George Jimenez, you were a transit cop originally. You came on at what, 85? 86. 86. I was just, uh, that was my first year of college. What a waste <laughs> of time that was. <laughs> and then you went to the A3? Uh, I started on District 34. Then I went to uh, the Vandal Squad, did the graffiti thing. That was a great bunch of guys. Got some funny stories. I used to, I used to dress like a Hasidic on the train. I, that's... You, you, the, the weirdest things people say to you dressed really with a yarmulke. Here, I, I'll tell you how I got the yarmulke. I went to the synagogue uh -huh. and I said, I gotta get a yarmulke. So I knock, so I knock on the synagogue door. I said, Listen, I like to get a yarmulke. And the guy goes, Okay, uh, which kind? I go, Are there different kinds? He goes, Well, there's white and black. So back then, believe it or not, I had jet black hair like you. Uh -huh. So I said, All right, give me a white one and give me a black one. He goes, Okay. He goes, You know, usually we ask for a donation. I go, uh -huh. Stop. Want a donation? I go, what do you want? He goes, well, a dollar each. I said, sure. Here, here's two dollars. Uh -huh. so, so I used to, I borrowed one of my father's geeky suits. I bought like geeky glasses and I would ride the train dressed like, you know, with a briefcase and the shit people would say to you. Like I feel really? they would say, you fucking Jew, mind your own business. Like really? sometimes wow. my, my partner would give me signs, like we're getting off the train, you know, like whatever, we had little signals, like a third base coach. And you're a big guy too. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're, a, you're a striking image. Let me just say, so, you're five. What are you? Five eleven. Five eleven. Six feet. You may, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. you're a big guy. And fat, for them to fat, mess with you, but that's that's really weird though that people would mess with you knowing how big you are. You know what I'm saying? Just because, because they, you were, I don't know. I can't. People would say the most fucked up things. Well, we got the hate crimes unit out there now, and it, it seems it's there's so many cases of these hate crimes, um, and it a lot of them are targeting, you know, yeah, Jewish people. You know what I'm saying? And it's blatantly obvious, especially since it's caught on video a lot of times right now. Um, you know what? I, we, we jumped the gun. Can we do? Can we just slow it down a little bit and let's say yeah. hello to the people in the chat? I felt oh. bad. Uh, we got a brand new member. If you, by the way, uh, George, if you look on your thing where it says comments, you can click on that okay. and you can see the comments if you, if you see something okay. for you and you want to address it. Okay. So uh, let's just say hello to uh, Brett Montgomery. He's a new member. Thank you, Brett Montgomery, for joining us on Police Off the Cuff uh, YouTube membership. We really, really appreciate it. A Milwaukee civilian, uh, George, you don't know. I mean, you probably do because you listen to a lot of the shows, but M Milwaukee civilian uh, does a great job of busting my balls. Anyway, uh, he says, anyone want to take bets on what Mark's hairdo will be <laughs> for tonight's after-hours lunch? What do you think? How did it come out? I think I had a good hair day, Milwaukee. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> you got hair. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, well, that's all I got. I'm poor. Uh, Kathy Bates and Axel. Hey, she says, hello, Kathy Bates and Axel, London girl. She says, uh, hi, everyone, Milwaukee civilian. I'm going for either side. Look with extra pump. So I did the thing in the middle today a little bit when we got a nice little wave going on here in the front. I hope you appreciate that. That doesn't happen every day, by the way. That's a lucky day. Uh, <laughs> little Mermaid Louisa has joined us again. Thank you so much. Louisa, for the kind words and also for sharing uh, my flyer on Instagram. That was very nice to you. Uh, who else we got? Raquel Pranz is in the house. Thank you, uh, Raquel, for joining us tonight. Laura McKenzie. She says hello. Julia LaRosa. Julie LaRosa. Hi, Julie. Uh, Jamie Pimpatel. Kim Alliston. Uh, Chris Rocket. 
Yo, Mayo, how you doing? Who's Chris Rocket? Tell me who you are, because uh, you know my real name. <laughs> That's not fair. I don't know who you are. Uh, who else we got? Anybody else? Ryan Investigative Group. Bill, what's up, Bill? He's probably on a stakeout right now. Donna Lehman. Hello from the very humid Las Vegas. Yeah, we've had a break here, man. Finally, in New York, we had a break. Uh, we had a, a bit of really humid and bad weather, but now it's pretty oh, cool. Oh, shit. Here. Maui Swift. What, what do you see there? Says, well, I got my man Ray Ramos. I used, he was one of my major case detectives. Now I got somebody who knows me from back and says, George, did you drive a Montero? You, that, that guy knows me from the 80s. Oh, my God. What, what's a Montero anyway? It's 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 a Mitsubishi. It's an SUV back in the oh, okay. day. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. Not yeah, the, yeah. that's a. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Cops drive the worst cars, man, to and from work. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. You're, um, you, you you mentioned that you were a New Yorker, so you were you were, you were raised in Brooklyn, yes. spent your whole life in Brooklyn, yes, and you never left. No, and uh, you know me, I'm I'm the same thing. I'm I'm from here. I, I grew up in Queens. Now I live in the Bronx, but I didn't leave either. What? Why? Why haven't you left? Well, I, I was always a Brooklyn guy. I mean, it's it's totally different now. I mean, I stayed mostly because of my parents. I was an only child, so you know. Things happen in life that you have to take care of your parents, but the neighborhood, you know, has changed so much. It's it's a different world. You know, nobody hangs out in the stoop anymore. There's no like, you know, back in the day, people hung out in the stoop. You knew your neighbors. Mm -hmm. but there was more crime back then. You know, it was, but it's it's a different. It's totally different. I just left. I basically stayed because my friends and and my family when they were around. All right, you know what? Since I brought this up, I'll show you a video right now. This is going to annoy you, man, because this is so scary. And this is uh, why I asked you, basically, uh, why you stay in New York. But um, these poor people here in the Bronx, uh, not too far away from where I live. Watch this. They say they are living in fear, terrorized by a group of kids that comes to their building in the Bronx night after night. And these senior citizens say it's gotten so bad, they're afraid to come out after dark. Eyewitness News reporter Lucy Yang has the story from the Mauritania section. Look in my eyes. I have not slept. 67-year-old Miriam Sintron and her neighbors live in a state of fear. They claim large gangs of young teens have been terrorizing their apartment building in the Bronx all summer. And it's getting worse. They came at us. They beat us. They broke that, that sticks on that tree there to beat us with the wood. We don't have no body. Miriam says they broke the pole from the tree well and turned it into a weapon Saturday night as she fell victim to their violence. They were kicking me in my side. They were kicking me on this side. They were punching me in my back, trying to get my face, but I covered. 63-year-old Nydia Carrero says a group of young girls the same night slammed her to the sidewalk, dragged her and pummeled her after she refused them entry into her building. They wanted to hang out in the hallway and smoke pot and, and mess up the building. They go in there with bikes in there half the time. This is 1294 and 1295 East 169th Street in the Morrisania section of the Bronx. Most of the tenants here are elderly. They tell me they are being swarmed, beaten, and robbed by ruthless teens who have turned their apartment building into an oasis of lawlessness and who apparently count on their youth to spare them. As the adolescents escalate the violence night after night, residents are left bruised and traumatized. It's a shame. And they are telling us they're going to come back and burn the building out. It's ridiculous. Many tenants have lived here for decades and they take care of each other, but they concede they are no match for this nightmare, which has claimed their peace. So uh, you were a lieutenant on the job and, um, you know, we let's say you're at a command of a precinct and now this is this comes out to your desk. What are you going to do about this situation right now? This is a building that's been basically taken over, hijacked by these youths who want to congregate, like they said, get into the hallway, and they're terrorizing these poor people there. And most of the people in that building are senior citizens. What what does what uh, an NYPD lieutenant have to do right now? In this, in, this, in this police state and in this progressive atmosphere, it's, it's really hard-pressed. You, you go in there... Honestly, I wouldn't feel comfortable telling a cop to do what I would have not even have to tell a cop back then. 
Back then, it was an unspoken thing. Listen. You know, Tell me back then. Up. Back then, compared to now, what would you have done back then? And we got Lieutenant Peter Pranzo. He's joining us tonight, too, as well. He was a lieutenant, so he knows uh, this is your job right now. You have to coordinate a plan to get these people out of there. Listen, it, basically, it comes down to this. These people have no fear. They're savages. They have no fear. Listen, you have to go in there, and in a, and in a as gentle way as possible, you have to clean house. You have to show. Listen, you're not you're not running this place, and the only and, and the best way to do that is you have to collar these people. But but if the people now they get collared and they're out in in an hour, uh-huh. I mean, back then it would not happen. It would just be it would be trespassing. Uh-huh. There would be a trespass. It would be they used to have, you know it would have the affidavit signed. There'd be no trespassing allowed in any of these buildings, and just you, you collar them as soon as you go in there for not. Either not living there. Listen, back in the age three, it was a major drug problem. We would use anything under the law. Back then, they were on bicycles. We would collar these guys. Obviously, they would have no ID, no bell on bicycle. People would <laughs> laugh. You know, what do you mean, no bell? You got no bell on this bike. You got ID? No, well, you're getting collared. Uh-huh. You know, you're in the park. It's dusk. You got ID? Well, that's not good ID. You're in the park after dusk. You're getting collared. I knew guys when they used to hang out in the haircutting place. You go in there. Anybody have a haircutting license? No. Okay. You know what? You guys are up to no good. You guys are all mm-hmm. getting. Whoever's working there is getting collared. Mm-hmm. You got to use the law. But now that, that would never fly. So it's a, it's a totally different, totally different animal now. Yeah, I have a feeling like they're going to basically put a bunch of cops in front of that building. So they stop hanging out in front of that building or in that building. And then not, you know, they'll just go to another building and start terrorizing that building. They just, you know, they, they have total control. They have no fear, no fear. It would not happen back in the day. It would not happen. It was an unspoken thing. Cops took pride. Now I understand why cops can't do it because they don't want to get jammed up. I don't blame them. It's not worth it. Nobody backs them. Nobody does. Anthony Lohman. I worked with George in Brooklyn North. He was the man. <laughs> oh, he's another one of my major case guys. Great guy. Uh-huh. Great guy. So uh, when you, you worked in transit originally, and I asked you earlier mm-hmm. before we got on if you knew John DeResta. Yes. And you do. And uh, yeah, what we, a small world. We came out together. We worked, you know, cops together. Yeah, obviously the funniest guy I ever worked with, John. Great guy. Great guy. I co-signed that. I, I've done a bunch of shows with John, and I've gotten to know him through the years, and uh, he's, a, he's a great, great guy, quite the character, very f- hilarious. Um, his act about being in transit is uh, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect bit, a perfect one-man show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so, but like everybody else, you know, John always tells the funny story about even during the merger when he, when they merged, he still got transit. <laughs> but you were lucky enough to. Uh... Well, no, well, I took the test three times because uh-huh. I kept getting transit. I tried to, I tried to get questions wrong, and I kept, last time I got housing, so I got two transit and housing. I left as soon as the merge hit. I wanted out. I was wondering about because you. Um, no, I wanted out. When of I transit. S- when I see that your time on the job and the fact that you didn't get on into like the A3 until week 95. After March of that week after the merge, I was gone. I wanted out of transit. Listen, so, I, I was, you know, transit. Listen, from going from transit to the A3 is like playing double A ball. And now you go to the A3. Now you're playing for the Yankees. You got to step. It's the truth. You got to step up your game. You want it's more work. Uh-huh. Not saying anything against the transit guys, great guys, but I, I, I wanted to work, you know. Uh-huh. I, I did. I, I didn't. What am I going to? I had done everything I possibly could in transit. I, I wanted to be a cop, you know. In the A three, great guys. I asked guys like Bobby Deal, John Garrity, Timmy Boucher. I picked their brain, you know. I, I, I didn't want to be one of those dopey guys that didn't know only new transit. It was a very limited. Pedro Vasquez, A three. Papa Swing. Papa Swing, good man. Highway. He says hello. He says, what's up? Joe Cohen. Georgie, you wanted to work with me. (laughs) You got a lot of friends on here. This is great. 
Yeah, yeah. H3 was the best commander I ever worked with. Uh huh. You went there as a sergeant. As a sergeant, right? And so that's good too, though. It was going there as a sergeant. It was the best. Uh huh. It was the best. I, I worked. And for our audience, uh, give us a, what is the A3 cover? Obviously, it's Bushwick. Brooklyn. It's Bushwick, Brooklyn. Back then, it was ninety percent except for the Adams sector, which was black. The rest of it was Hispanic. Uh-huh. All Hispanic, mostly Puerto Rican, some Dominican. And is it busy? Very busy. Not uh-huh. listen, I'm not gonna I would never compare it to the 73 to 75. Uh-huh. But the A3 and the cops all got along. I mean, it was it was really it was an excellent house. I did the C pop, I did I did the bikes, I did the snoo. It was a little bit of everything. Worked Joe, with great guys. Joe Cohen says, Georgie, it's me, Junior, and Cookie. Oh shit. The best, the best captain I ever worked for, Junior La Barbera. Sandra Absolutely. H., I'm feeling nostalgic for Barney Miller. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Sandra, because uh, I, I did, I had a one-man show, and it basically broke down my 20 years. It was called 20 and Out, but every scene was started off with a theme song um, from a, a TV show. That's kind of sort of the juxtaposition of the show that I did. And Barney Miller... Is when I took my time to explain to the audience that Barney Miller was the truest show. If you wanted to know what it was like to be in a detective squad, Barney Miller was as really as it as it got. And you know, it was a comedy. It was a sitcom comedy, but it really was uh, to a T. You know, the characters that you had in the squad um, to a T. For narcotics, I mean, the most realistic show was The Wire. Okay, I mean, it was on point and if you look at who the consultants were then you realize why i mean it was so on point blew my mind away the first time i watched it it was really was outstanding jay johnson nobody terrorizes apartment buildings here in tennessee because they know they will most likely be shot by residents yeah uh well we're gonna see because new york just uh was found uh, unconstitutionally sound because they had a, a different tier in order to get a concealed carry permit, which they've now said was unconstitutional. So more people are going to be applying for gun licenses since they don't have to jump over that clause, which meant that you need a special reason to have a firearm other than being an honorable citizen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. Maybe there'll be more um, armed citizens in New York. Fitness gal, no fear. No one uh, is on the side of... The officers, they got what they wanted. Why should police officers risk their lives for what, for who? They have no rights, no respect. Shameful. All right. Yeah, listen. You know, people still take the job. I go to the academy to work. I worked there today, as a matter of fact. And oh, did um, you? Yeah, I do the acting. I'm an actor. So, oh, did uh, you get beat up? No. I to, Well, I do. A oh, that's not allowed anymore, right? With, with, uh... No, they just go cuff, cuff when it's time to cuff me. But I play suicide cop. I play PTSD. It's all how to handle mental illness, uh, bipolar, man, um, the manic. Um, I do a, a jumper. I do a lot of different scenes, and it's you know for an actor, it's the best workout you can ask for, and it's a uh, it's a blessing from God that I have this job. And actually, it was given uh, by Bill, turned me on to Jimmy Shanahan, and that's how I got the job. And I've been there for like quite a few years now and i love the gig even if i got booked to do a movie i'd be like all right uh in my contract i'd have to be i can't be there on thursday because i gotta be in the academy <laughs> so now so you deal with these guys in the academy do you see a difference in the cops personality wise and the aggressiveness and everything else no 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 not, no, no not at all they're all trying to do the right thing and they all want to be great cops it's uh you know it's funny i told the story a couple of weeks ago about how i came in the academy, um, and I went through the cafeteria, and I saw a bunch of cops, maybe about a hundred of them in one corner, and they were all in this great mood, and they were all young, and uh, all their, you know, like you could see they had their gun belt on, the shields were shiny, and I realized something: they just got their blue shirts, like they had gun and shield the ne- the day before, and now they're coming to the academy with in full uniform and anybody who's ever been on the job remembers that it's like the first time you put on the whole uniform the complete uniform and nobody could tell that you're a recruit because you're in the same uniform 
you know, he's just like bugging out. And they were so freaking happy, these kids. You know, I could tell, I could feel the energy. And then I went up to the fifth floor to sign in and there was a, a guy retiring. And I'm like, you're retiring from here? He goes, yeah, fuck this shit, man. I had enough. <laughs> 20, 20 years, he's getting out. What so just, just the two different worlds of uh, these excited kids coming on and people who have had enough having to get out. It's weird. What, what about the Burger King hat? Did they used to wear the Burger King? Like back in the day? That no, I don't see that anymore. Huh. I don't see that. Uh, the fry, Yeah, the fry cook hat. <laughs> yeah. You know? Let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, uh, Donna Lehman. George, why and where did uh, did this no fear derive from? Is it the lack of accountability with the DAs and parental not caring about the youths? <laughs> you talk about the kids and yeah. um, well, everything goes well, back to family structure. I mean, but you know. yeah, I think it has to do with the lawlessness and the the. Um, the kids just testing what they can get away with. Of course, absolutely. And when they see that there's no repercussions, exactly. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a story right now. We'll we'll talk about this story. We'll talk about no repercussions. Okay, so just this past week, there was an off-duty police officer going for a jog here in the Bronx. Off-duty NYPD officer in critical condition after being mugged while jogging on a Bronx street. These three perps right here jumped out of a car. I'll show you the video in a second. And um, they robbed this guy. They robbed a jogger. Think about robbing a jogger. Um, how much could they have on them of any value other than a cell phone? Anybody who's ever been jogging knows you're not going to carry too much. It's not about the robbery. It's about punching people. It's about the violence of it. I got a video on that, too, so let's just watch this uh, video. These kids do a lot of robberies. Got new clue in the search tonight for the suspects who brutally beat and nearly killed a New York cop. That officer tonight recovering in the hospital. It turns out he's just one of nearly 20 victims of this dangerous and violent mob roaming the streets of Queens and the Bronx. Here's Eyewitness News reporter Stefan Kim. Take a look at this new surveillance video released by the NYPD. These are the four men police say violently robbed an off-duty police officer and fractured his skull. Investigators believe they're responsible for at least 19 brutal robberies, a spree spanning almost a month in the Bronx and in Queens. And this is the black Honda sedan they've been using with out-of-state license plates. I hold the politicians are the ones that are responsible for it. They should be held accountable for what's happening in this city, from the bail reform to the petty crimes. Muhammad Ali is a friend of 48-year-old Officer Muhammad Chowdhury, who can be seen here being ambushed and tossed to the ground. He was jogging on Olmstead Avenue yesterday morning when it happened, just blocks from home. The assailant struck him repeatedly in his head before stealing his phone, car keys, and wallet. His nephew says his uncle was safer for 18 years on duty that he was off duty in his own neighborhood. He's almost like close on to his retirement in like two years, and nothing like this ever happened to him or like he has ever encountered anything. In this video from Monday morning released by police, you can see three of the suspects jump out of the Honda as the fourth acts as a getaway driver. Cops stay here. They're about to rob a 36-year-old man on Quimby Avenue. One flashed a knife as the other stole a phone and wallet. And as they sprint back to their Honda, they rob a couple. A 32-year-old woman and a 48-year-old man pummeled. They had debit cards and $1,000 cash stolen. Just 10 minutes before those attacks, just a five-minute drive away here on Watson Avenue, those three suspects jumped a 55-year-old man. Same MO. One of those suspects flashed a knife while a second man punched the victim in his head. They stole his phone and wallet and fled in a black Honda sedan. As for Officer Chowdhury, his loved ones say he is now conscious, alert, and able to communicate in his hospital room. He's the best man, best man among everyone here. I know him for 18 years. He never showed up like he's an officer displaying badge or, or proudness, this and that. He tried to keep that in himself. He's a very good man. What do you think about that, George? It's a, it's a total embarrassment. It's a total, I mean, it's embarrassing. People say to me, do you think it's worse now than it was in the 70s and in the 80s. Now, crime was, I mean, bad back then. I mean, even, even where I live, 
twice I, I had I wouldn't have to leave my house. I make collars twice in my house. Guys trying to break in, guys trying to break into my car. What was back this? I mean, back in the day, living yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have to leave your house and there'd be somebody trying to break in, somebody breaking into your car to steal your radio back in the day. Remember um, then, nothing of value in this vehicle? That was the uh, little, it used to uh, go yeah, to the neighborhood. Car, yeah. People used to have a placard. That they used to put on uh, on the dashboard, laminated, nothing of value in the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 what do the police do now? And I understand why they don't do anything. But back in the day, you you, you would have hit all the spots. You know what these well, guys are. I think they're gonna. I listen. As far as I'm concerned, these kids are as good as caught. They're, they're probably not even in his state anymore. They know the heat is on, and they fucked with the wrong guy. Okay, so just so our audience knows. Uh, this officer, when he was hit and uh, left unconscious on the street, he didn't have any ID on him. It wasn't until he was uh, a John Doe in the hospital, concussed out of it. It wasn't until he didn't show up for roll call that they started looking for him. And then uh, so can you imagine how many hours that was before anybody even knew who this person was that was laying in a hospital uh, by these uh like you said earlier, savages. It's, oh, it's crazy. Enough, enough. It just it's, it's like never ending, but they still get elected the progressives. So what's going to change? Poker twenty six. Uh, George, don't blame uh, Pelosi. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Tony Ace King. Yeah, yeah, my friend. He was in the two three. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Tony D, uh, my Kenwood pullout got stolen in 95. Stupid me. I had a Kenwood A38. And, uh, you know, I, I knew somebody back in the day that bought a radio. We're talking about the 80s right now. When you used to have to take your radio out of a car, you put it in, a, in what was called a Benzie Benz, box. Benzie box. And you took it away, wherever you went. Some people thought they were slick and they would, like, at the beach, you know, like, hide it underneath their... Uh, the front seat. And of course, if people broke in, they saw that that empty box, they might go underneath your front seat, whatever. But um, and he actually this my friend Tony Animal actually bought he he bought a real radio, uh, a digital. Uh, I remember what was the digital one? And uh, I was like, why would you buy it? You could get it for 100 bucks. He was like, I don't want stolen stuff. I don't want to bring that into my. Uh, and that was the first time I, have, I that actually dawned on me. You know, I'm a kid. I'm like, why would, that, you know, because that's how used to we were of just like getting stuff off the street. You know what I'm saying? That this was actually stolen from somebody. And that's what happens. People forget. People forget this could, was stolen from somebody. I could top that. I had my, my car radio stolen from me. So my neighbor mm -hmm. had a, a garage a mechanic shop two blocks away. So I went in there and he goes, hey, uh, I I got a I got a new car radio today. You, you you need one? I go. That's fucking mine. Oh shit! The crackhead went over there and he sold it to him for like ten bucks. So I bought back my own my, my own radio. Yeah, to have it, it, it was <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Sandra H. I live on a ranch in South Texas, not far enough uh, south to have the border issue be uh, issue, but we keep the ranch gate locked. And at night, we have uh, loaded varmint guns that she's talking about from South Texas and also about the uh, the immigrants uh, that, that are coming. Well, the migrants that are coming through. That's a crazy situation. They just arrived in New York, by the way. You're getting dark. Do you have a light in there that you can put on? Um, they have a, uh, they were branded, actually. There's a big stink in New York right now because the people that are arriving now are coming barcoded. So, you know, like if you have arrest paperwork or any type of paperwork, we found out who you were. We put your name and we give you a paperwork in your pocket. So wherever you land, people know who you are. Right. But there's a barcode on it. So somebody saw the barcode and wants to make a big deal out of it. How the fuck do we know this person came in from Texas? Texas shipping them off to New York just so the rest of the country knows what they're dealing with over there. And, um, you know, the paperwork has a barcode on it. These people make a big deal out of the most. Well, they have a bracelet. They come in with a bracelet, right? Yeah. Well, whatever right. it is, at least you know who the person is. 
The governor from Texas says the reason for the bracelet is that, that they want to track their movements to be sure that they arrive. Uh-huh. Where, wherever, yeah, wherever yeah. they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It's pissing the rest of the uh, uh, New York and D.C. off a lot. But the truth is, is like they're just getting a crumb of what's coming through Texas every day. It's a smart move. Oh, it's brilliant. i never seen Sports anything it like it in my life. A smart move? Yeah. Well, dump the shit out. You know what I mean? Let's see what else we got here. Okay. So I, did we cover this already? Uh, New York City police no. order officer not uh, – New York City police ordered not to congregate as mayor's office calls it a potentially risky tactical problem. Okay. So apparently – uh, Mayor Eric Adams showed up at a detail somewhere and he went up to a group of guys and he's, you know, told members of the service uh, reminded that congregating or engaging in unnecessary conversation while on post absent uh, police necessity is prohibited. Uh, states a memo, an interim order attached to the, uh, and this comes from Kenneth Corey, the chief of department. Uh, the memo also notes that patrol supervisors are required to ensure that em uh, employees. Okay, so this is an internal memo created because um, Mayor Eric Adams went up to a group of cops, a, a large group of cops that were hanging out in the corner. The only problem was is that they weren't assigned yet. When you go to a detail, you stand there, you muster. That means you they give you a corner that you're assigned to and you stand in that corner and you're waiting to find out where your post is. Sharp as a spoon. This guy yeah. is doing he he's uh he doesn't even know what police work is sometimes. Look at this. Earlier this month, a reporter for City and State New York captured video of uh, footage of Mayor Adams uh Eric Adams interrupting his bike ride to ask a group of gathered NYPD uh personnel to disperse. How about scattering out? so we can ensure safety and deploy personnel, he reportedly asked. We have not been deployed, our, uh, our per, uh, uh, been deployed uh, personnel correctly. So they're waiting to be assigned their post. He doesn't even ask that question. It well, just goes to show you how many details this guy's been on. Well, he, he, he worked in data processing as a cop, so... Do I have to say anything more? What is that data process? That's I was, a good question. I have no idea. You <laughs> look all day? I don't know. It's just so crazy that, okay, so the reason why this story is even funnier to me is that a couple of weeks ago, he told uh, citizens in New York City that if you see police officers on their cell phones to take a picture and add it to the NYPD website, I think that's what it was, the only problem is that every single NYPD police officer in uniform is uh, a, a given a cell phone, and that's where they conduct most of their business, uh, from police reports to uh, to listening to the radio. All these things come through their cell phone now, 911 calls, and he doesn't know that. So it's just like it's just like, dude, you gotta freaking know what you're doing before you throw your cops. On. These are your cops. He's NTP. You know what NTP is? No. Not the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NTP. Well, here's what um, Pat Lynch had to say. Meanwhile, New York City Police Benevolent Association President Patrick Lynch told the New York Post, uh, the order was unnecessary. Pretty soon there won't be enough cops to left to congregate anywhere in the city because these miserable working conditions and low pay are forcing them to, uh, to quit in droves. Yeah. At this point right now, the low pay comment there, it doesn't matter how much pay no, you give these people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could just, even if you started the salary off right now at 100000 It wouldn't matter. No, it wouldn't matter. Guy's not going to lose. It's, no, it's, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Absolutely not. Guys are not going to go to the extra yard. Guys just not going to do anything. Peter Pranzo. Yes, Joe. Joe K. was one of my original eight. Went to Snoo in op, got shot at H. Also, one of my guys in op with Joe K. Does that make sense to you? No. All right. I thought it would. <laughs> That's why I read it. No. It's a lot. Of, yeah. Um, Who's Joe? I don't know who Joe K is. It'll make sense in a little while. I'm sure it'll clarify. Su uh, Ruth Ann Griffin signing in and out also. Uh, not the police. 
We got that. Uh, Wild's Pony, I'm missing the NYPD. Where did he go? I'm missing the NYPD, but happy I don't have to drive my horse trailer on the Cross Bronx Expressway. Well, it's, it's the old expression. Some people are police officers and some people are cops. Which one are you? Yeah. Cops um, are cops. Police officers just, you know, your skirt. That's all it is. Yeah, it's an interesting time we're living in right now because we keep waiting for that one moment uh you know that uh water break moment where you know things are going to change where people have had enough enough is enough and we keep having a lot of those moments it's just it still hasn't uh galvanized we got the election coming up in november but i don't know how much that affects new york Nah, it doesn't at all we have no shot here there's no shot opal will still be the governor uh, we'll there's see no, there's no we'll change see. coming here Mm. Joe Cohen, uh, the sergeant took lost time. We had the lieutenant on patrol. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Anthony Lowen, how, house mouse. Lowman. So, um, this is one of my pet peeves uh, living here in New York, and um, nobody's right. paying attention to it. See, this is part of the lawlessness, by the way. Um, when we're not doing police work the way we should. People get hurt and they get killed. Every single day, I have Odyssey, which is, uh, I, do, I got it for the Met game, but it also has 10-10 wins on there. So every single day I see stories like this. Uh, where are we? Uh, what does this say? Dirt bike rider 43 dies after fiery crash in New York City. Uh, parks truck in the Bronx. That's one. Man, 74 killed. Woman accidentally critically injured hours apart with hit-and-run crashes. Man uh, man falls off scooter, fatally struck and hit-and-run on Vail Parkway. Man dies days after struck and hit by... All these stories are people with this bike lane. Nuts. First of all, if you're in New York City and you're a tourist... Oh, if you get out of here without getting hit by a bike or a scooter that's going 40 miles, because they have these bike lanes and they don't give a fuck. No, no. They don't stop for nothing and they'll run you over. This guy right here, the reason why you see this picture of this guy is because he took off after hitting a guy and the guy died. He got hit by a bike. It's not a car. It's a bike. These people and a lot of these uh, these um we used, to, uh, we used to have a thing where if, if it went over 30 miles an hour, it had to have a license plate on it and it have to be registered. And all these things go over 30 miles an hour. All the scooters that I see, all these e-bikes, they all jack them up. And well, uh, In what world does the bikes have more control? They have no insurance. Mm. God forbid you get hit by them. You're, you're fucked. You're fucked. They go the wrong way. They go on the sidewalk. I come out of my house. I got a bike lane. As soon as I come out, fucking my head's on a swizzle, swivel. Kind of both ways. I don't know. You know. You know what I mean? I know. I when I you listen. When I step off a side, I make sure I look left and I also look right because if the bike lane's going this way, you never know who's coming the other way. No. And even then, sometimes there's close calls, and he like, oh my god. So yeah, man, that's the that's the part of uh, all of it—the lawlessness of people. Hey, uh, and that's not even including. Um, God forbid, you go up to Washington Heights. They have these Revel motorcycles that you can uh, you can rent. They don't stop for lights at all. Yeah. And you, God forbid, you hit one of these people, and they're traveling with six, eight, other ten people oh, yeah. on these Revels. They're gonna kill you. Absolutely, total chaos, total anarchy. Let's see what this is. Um, Oh, that's another one. Let's go back to the chat, and then we'll do another story. Um, Somebody was kind enough. Uh, Wiles Pony. I hope I'm saying Wiles right. Am I? Move to uh, Ocala, Florida with me. Law enforcement are respected here in Marion County. Now, 
now knowing that, and I know, I know that you you took care of your parents. That was probably your your main reason. And for me, it's my kids. You know, now they're they're both adults and they're working and stuff like that. So I may make a move, but um, you know, for uh, for the average person, retiree, Florida is such an ideal place. It is. Uh, look at what Wallace Pony's saying. She's like, uh, law enforcement are respected in Marion County. And, uh, you know, nobody wants any favors. It just a little respect would be nice. Just, you know, don't yell at me if I'm trying to do my job. Listen, uh, my, my cousin who I grew up with, he's a sergeant out in Miami. He's vice president of the Florida FOP. I mean, it's a different, it's a totally different world out there. Totally different. They're, it's, they're respected and and people get somewhat justice, if you want to call it, you know, for, for certain crimes. Over here, it's... Yeah, uh, Wild's Pony gave us a, a 1999 Super Chat, by the way. And uh, we're very appreciative. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Peter Pranzo, true mark. When people decide they have had enough, they will vote properly. Uh, Law and order will return. I sure hope so. Uh, you know, it's just the question of like, what is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back? That is the thing. And we keep having these breakthrough stories. I mean, if you don't cry watching those poor people in the Bronx, absolutely, uh, they can't, you know, can't even they're scared to death in their buildings because they're getting tormented and beat by the people or the kids. What? Come on, man. When do we end it? But, back, you know, back in the day, you know, we would like Tony, Tony Lomagino, who's on this chat. He had a case in the Bushwick houses. When we finished the case, people would come up to you out of view of everybody else, and they would tell you, thank you, thank you, thank mm -hmm. you so much, thank you so much. I mean, they were in fear back then, but because they, they want the help. But now it's it's a totally different animal, you know, totally different. You know, this is uh, this is, this one's just for me. I don't know what you, what you might think of this, but this is interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene provides update on home swatting incident. I didn't know what swatting was. Do you know what swatting is? No. Cockroaches on the floor? Or I don't no, know. no, no. This is actually pretty good. So what happens is somebody, and it's probably coming through a robot. Somehow they, they figured out they're doing something crazy on the computer. But they call up 911 and say stuff like... Um, <sighs> Where was it? Uh, that she has people in her bathtub that are bloody and all this other stuff. Stuff that you would need the SWAT team to. Oh, yes. I heard this. Yeah, I heard this before. Like, SWAT. really? Somebody's reporting the craziest, craziest yeah. crime at this Focus particular address. Yeah. And it just happens to be the at, the home of this um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. who's a politician. Well, she's, a, she's a little bit of a, of a little yeah, bit. She's there. a loose cannon. She's yeah. obviously we know she's a loose cannon, but the fact that this uh, there's a term for it called swatting now. They're using the that. police. Yeah. yeah, they're using the police. They're calling these crazy nine one one calls, uh, being very very descriptive about what they witnessed. So they have to send the SWAT team, and now your whole house is surrounded by the police in the middle of the night, and you don't know what the fuck is going on. That's a, that's a freaking tragedy waiting to happen. People are crazy, man. <laughs> oh, the world's upside down. You know, Sandra H. There's no respect in this country anymore. Absolutely not. Uh, Raymond uh, Ramos, all is well. Scott Wagner is uh, with us tonight. Hello, everyone. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, Scott, Scott's late uh, again. You're always late, Scott. But thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. All right, uh, what else do we got here? Uh, this is an interesting one, and I'm happy to hear this. To avoid uh, today's wokeness, parents are enrolling their kids in Catholic school again. Now, you remember when we were growing up, yeah, obviously had public school, but if you were, um, if your parents had a couple of dollars, what did they do? They put you in a Catholic school. 16 years I did in Catholic school. Well, I went to boarding school. Oh. So my, 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 they sent me upstate. I was unruly. I, I could not, uh, nobody could shut me up. Go figure. But uh, yeah, I went to, uh, from third to eighth grade, I went to like a, like a military school upstate where they beat you. But um, I'm happy to see it because after the pandemic, it was really, really uh, a scary time for Catholic schools. Um, enrollment and all that stuff. 
But now people are enrolling because they don't trust the uh, the curriculum in these woke classrooms. And, and God bless them. And I hope that works out. I really do. Because um, there has to be alternatives, you know. But unfortunately, it's, you know, who can afford it? Who can afford to send their exactly. kid pay for an education? So Joe Cohen, uh, Georgie, wait, wait, uh, <laughs> Georgie, the whole block applauded us when we got that killer. What was that about? Uh, there was this guy called Chichi, and uh, he shot five people in Ingersoll. It was a drug retaliation. So uh, he gets Colin probably three days afterwards, and he was a little guy. He looked like a jockey. He was like, you know, five foot tall, maybe 120 pounds. So they bring him into the 8-8, and as they leave him alone in the interrogation room, and somehow he gets through the window and he jumps out. The interrogation room was on the second floor, so now he's gone. So they made uh, Joe Cohen, also known as uh, my captain, Junior La Barbera, they made him a little task force to find this guy. Because, you know, besides him shooting five people, it was an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Probably took like two weeks, and they found out that he was staying in some building in the seventh three. So he had told me, he goes, listen, whenever I find this guy, I'm going to call you and you get your guys here to do, um, you know, we got to do a warrant and knock the door down. He said, okay, no problem. So he calls me and he says, listen, we think he's in this building on Howard Avenue in the seventh three. And it was an isolated building, nothing to the left, nothing to the right, which is rare in the seventh three. So as we put, we pull up. We got the squad guys and, and my narco guys. We pull up. He's on the roof. You there? I'm, I'm giving you the floor. Oh. Go so, ahead. Tell your story. Oh, but, uh, fuck. So he yells out, the guy's on the roof. The guy's on Chi Chi's on the roof. So we go in and we go to the top floor, which is probably like the fifth or sixth floor. And we get there. We don't we don't know what where he is. So you know what? We're taking every door. It doesn't matter. So we saw booming doors. Boom, boom. Probably in the third or fourth door that we knocked down. Not knocked down, but open. There's a there's a there's a sheet. There's like a little bump in the sheet. So not the smartest move by me, but I jump on the sheet because he could have had a gun, he could have shot me. So I jump on him and, and it was him. And then everybody starts piling on. And it was like a, a scene out of the movie. Some guy comes over the top. And his his gun is like to the Chi Chi's head. And he must have got this from like a Clint Eastwood movie. He goes, give me a reason. I'm like, get the fuck off me. You know, because I hey, I can't breathe. I got like six guys on me. So we cuff him and now there's a whole crowd there because it was a 13. And as we're taking him out, we got him cuffed in the ankles. We got him cuffed from behind, walking him out like a, and through the end. The whole crowd, believe it or not, even in the 7-3, they're like clapping. And But it was because of Captain La Barbera, you know? Well, a lot of it is because even though uh, we're in uh, a neighborhood, a sketchy neighborhood, and even though there's crime there, there there's so many good people there. Most Absolutely. of the people are good. Yes. But they're sometimes they're held hostage by the bad ones. Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, they need help. They need help because otherwise, who's coming? Who's coming to help them? You know what I'm saying? Those people in the Bronx, if the, that precinct doesn't help them, they're, they're, they're going to keep getting harassed. Think about it. They can't leave their house. I know. They're not asking for much, by the way. No, they're not. No. They just don't want... They want to be able to walk through their hallway and feel safe and go through their lobby to go outside and do their shopping without having 10 teenagers smoking pot and drinking in their freaking lobby. And uh, you know, not respecting the older people. It's just a we it's a weird freaking time we're living in where there's no respect for the old, elder people. You know, no matter what we did as kids, you know what I'm saying? You had respect for the older people. Like, Absolutely. oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. We'll take the movie, we'll take the music down the block. I'm sorry, I apologize. You right. didn't, you know, when the old people came out and yell at you, you didn't yell at them back. You no. said, okay, okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 okay, we'll go, we'll go, you know. It was a different time, man. Absolutely. Uh, no respect. No fear, see. no respect. 
Joe Cohen. He was coming down the fire escape till I started screaming at him. He went back inside. I had my snub nose and cigar <laughs> doing rear security. Yeah. Mm. The good old days. How does that feel? That feel good? Yeah. Uh, to, to go through those stories? Yeah, it's great. Great. Let's, see, let's see what else I got here, man. Um, I got another story. Uh, GPS maps. Uh, the GPS map sends cookie store customers to New Jersey's couple's house. And people bang on the door at night. Stoned people bang on the door at night. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine, like, you, you, you're like, you need to, you want, you're looking for this cookie place. And then you pull up. Even if the GPS address is wrong. You look at it's a private house. You still gonna go knock on the door? That's somebody who's stoned. Is this where the Keebler elves? Is this where they keep the cookies? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those poor people, man. Um, yeah, these are the stories I put together. Let me ask you what you think of this because you're old school. How old are you, by the way? Sixty-one. Oh yeah, you look good. Thank you. Hopefully, I look. Make up. Just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're in good shape, man. I'm fifty-five, uh, but um, I'm I'm old enough to remember when this wasn't a thing. Australia nightclub bans staring without verbal consent of the other person. And uh, an Australian nightclub is implementing a policy that bans individuals from staring at each other without prior consent. Huh. It's a place called Club 77. And the nightclub is located in Sid Sydney's Darlinghurst neighborhood. And uh, posted on the website, it's considered harassment to stare at somebody. How so that you talk about the culture that we live in right now? You know what's funny though? When I read this article, I'm going back at least 10 years. I went to, uh, I had, I used to work on a soap opera back in the day called uh, As the World Turns. Gotcha. And as a, a young actor on the and also on the job, uh, you work your way up through soap operas back in the day when they were on TV. So basically you did background work and then you got a five and under, which was five words and under. Then you got a day player. And then hopefully somehow you can work yourself into a contract part. I did all those things. And one of the fast forward, like 10 years later, I see one of the actresses from the soap opera that I used to work on as the world turns. She was one of the main actresses and one of the or, uh, actresses, by the way, on as the world turns was married to a cop which was pretty cool. Um, I wish I remembered her name. But anyway, Lauren uh, B. Martin, uh, this particular actress, uh, we became friend friends again after 10 years after. And she brought me to this club called Milk and Honey one night, and we hung out. And it was like a, it was almost like a speakeasy. But they had a, a list, a rules list of things you can't do. So you can't go up to somebody else and talk to them. You had to uh, tell the bartender, can, can you ask them, can you ask her if I, she minds if I come over or if I send her a drink? Does she mind if I send her a drink? Really? You had to ask. Yeah. So this kind of stuff has been going on for a while. A lot of this stuff that we're, we're dealing with right now, uh, as far as the woke, it's not new stuff. It's been around for a while. It's just it's finally coming to the surface, you know? I never heard of it. I haven't even never heard of none of that. Uh huh. So, how do you feel your time now? Now that you're retired, and I, uh, I try to exercise. You go to the gym. Yeah, I go to the gym. Go, you know, play a little poker with the fellas. You like the poker, huh? Yeah, yeah. You play? Nah. Nah. I, I, I there's a couple of things I'd like to do in my lifetime before. And one of them is learn how to play poker, and the other one is golf. Golf on my list, but I uh, up until now it's just like I just don't have the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm busy with uh, all these things: the podcast, the comedy, the acting. It's like, uh, but they're on my list. About police department, what do you miss the most? You know, I miss the the camaraderie, yeah, and I, I also miss the action. I liked. Uh, the the excitement that you get doing a warrant hit, um, figuring out like where this person is. I, my favorite time on the job was the warrant squad, right? You know, and I was I was pretty good at that. Like I just being a New Yorker, 
And I used to, people used to laugh because we'd get in an apartment and I'd go to the person's bedroom and I would, I would look out the window and my partner would be like, what are you doing? And I said, I want to see the world the way he sees it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it was just like you had one, one shot, one kill. It was like hunting. If you missed the person, you fucked up, you went to the wrong address. And that was, that was a lot of it. And you got to use your instincts as, as a native New Yorker, as opposed to these other people that live in, uh, you know, upstate, or, uh, you know, couple, Cupcake, Long Island. You know, we were native New Yorkers, so we knew how these people think. And that was my forte. Listen, and that's I, what I miss, using that stuff. Yeah. I'll give you the, the total difference between us and any, and any other police agency. So we worked a lot with the feds, with the Secret Service. So we had this case with the Secret Service that they needed one of our undercovers. There was this guy from Israel who lived in Queens, in uh, right by St. John's in Jamaica Estates, and he had great fake twenties, great fake twenties, and he was selling them all over the place. So we're working with the Secret Service. We have an undercover. The SCI introduces the undercover. He starts he starts making these buys. Okay, fine. The guy's gonna go back to Israel. And he's going to pick up more 20s. Now, he's an overweight guy, family guy, married, three kids. So they find out what time, when he's returning from Israel, what time his flight is coming into Kennedy. Okay, so we're at the airport. And we would just back up to the Secret Service because they're going to do the takedown. Mm -hmm. Now, he gets off the plane. We're watching him. He gets in his car. He's got so much luggage that he has to tie his trunk down. Mm -hmm. Now, it's him, his wife, and his three kids in the car. We followed him all the way back to Jamaica States. Now, feds, Secret Service, nice guys, clueless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clueless. Yeah, yeah. yeah no clue. They pull up to the location. Now, if it was us, as soon as the guy gets up, hey, how you doing? Police, mm -hmm. just come here. Mm -hmm. That's it. This guy's not a threat. He's not violent. He's a businessman. He's selling great fake 20s. Okay, he got caught. It's over. No. He goes in the house. Secret Service comes out. They're dressed like ninjas. Mask. Yeah. I mean, like, like they're going after Bin Laden. So we're just hanging out. And they go in. Police. Boom. They knock the door down. And you know, we're all outside. The guy starts doing the worm on the floor. He's having a he's having a heart attack. He's doing the worm. Uh huh. We go in. We're like these fucking idiots. There's no reason for this. You know, this guy. You know, no common sense. Yeah, they're not attached to uh, geographically no. to the area that they're working in. They have no connection. It's a lot to ask for. You know, if you put yourself in the same situation, I'm going to drop you off in Idaho. What do you know about Idaho? Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we have that benefit. But um, I understand what you're saying about the uh, I've told stories about doing Warren hits with the FBI. And uh, well, we're, we're nearing the end here. But before we go, let's just go through uh, the chat and uh, thank everybody for coming on tonight and see if there's any comments that we want to address. Uh, life as life is poetic, be stoic. You know what? I love that. Uh, your name. I'm into the stoicism. I read uh, the meditations and uh, every morning, and I look into other uh, stoics as well. As a trucker, I would go downtown and talk to NYPD Sarge sitting in a squad car. Always knew his time left to retire to the hour. That is hilarious. <laughs> you know what they say? They say uh, you ask a cop how much time he's got on. He'll tell you. Well, he's going to tell you how much time he's got to re retire. That's you ask, uh, yeah, you ask a fireman how much time. He tell you how much time he's got on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Will's pony, Mark DeMeo. I knew you were too adorable to be a cop. As the world turns, hunk. Yeah. And thank you, Will's Will's pony. Um, life is poetic. Long Beach was rough in the seventies. It may be Long <laughs> Island, but as a kid, it was rough in some areas. Yeah, I always say that, uh, especially in New York, uh, you know, it might not be a bad neighborhood, but it, it could be a tough neighborhood depending on who you hung out with. So sometimes you made it a little bit tougher than when it, it needed to be, you know, 
even in the the base the 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 decent areas. Little Mermaid says, "Great show, thank you, Little Mermaid." Uh, Louisa, we appreciate that. So uh, we're over. We're at the hour. It went quick, didn't it, George? Yes, Mark. It's a pleasure. Did you have a good time? Yes, sir. A shot of Jameson helped. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been sipping on my uh, my yeah, little. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's called True Vodka, and uh, throughout the show, but uh, it, it was a great show. We had a nice turnout. London girl, thanks, Mark and George. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Um, George was a great guest. You told some uh, really, really great stories, man. And I'm happy that you. that you uh, you you were able to share with us. Thank you, Mark. I want to thank Mary Capone, my friend, comedian, for uh, turning me on to you. And you're always welcome on the show, by the way. Thank uh, you. We'll have you on back again. For the people that tuned in tonight in the chat, I want to say thank you so much. You make the show uh, so much easier and so much fun by uh, by with your comments and adding in. And um, I can't I can't even express to you how happy I am that uh, you guys are with us. But on behalf of Police Off the Cuff After Hours, I just want to say thank you. I'll be back Monday night with Angel for uh, the week in police uh, crime and policing. So uh, until then, be safe, uh, be cool out there and have a great time and have fun. Thank you, George. Thank you, Mark. All right, brother. All right.